0: Today's show is sponsored by Cascartel.com. Changing the industry standard as to how you get your alcohol. They're like the Amazon of the spirits industry. Yes, allocated stuff costs more. Let's just get that out there right now. The reason being is you're not camping out overnight. You're not waiting for a raffle for something that you might not even get. It is the convenience of spending more and having it shipped directly to your door. They're daily drinkers. They are going to be on par with what you would get at the store. So check them out at Cascartel.com. And also follow them on Instagram at Cass Cartel. Today's show is also sponsored by our good friends at premiumbarproducts.com. They are the place to go to laser etch glassware. It's also where you can go to get the official dad's tricky bourbon Glen Karen glass. You can also get bar tools and they have all sorts of glasses from the Glen, the Wee Glen, the Tipsy Dram, the Kenzie Dram, the Tua, the Neat, whatever it is, they have it. Check them out at premiumbarproducts.com. If you are a distillery, a group, or a store and you want to do more of a wholesale order, reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with the good folks over there. You got nothing for me today?
1: Hey man, we got two guests here. Let's let's get this thing going. Folks want to hear what they want to say.
0: All right, let's do it. <laughs> My name is John Edwards and with me as always is Zeke Baker and together we make the dad's drink of bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. I am not even going to banter with you today because we have two returning guests that we love dearly. They are good friends of ours. One worked at a store, one just drank a shit ton of whiskey and the two of them along with their friend Casey started a whiskey brand that now is... The hype train is strong with this one. And thankfully the juice is right there with it. And that is Michael Hines, James Davenport. Casey's not with us, but Nashville Barrel Company. Thank you guys for coming back. I thought that Zeke had a restraining order on Hines, but I found out they had lunch today.
2: (laughs) This is uh, twice in one day we get to see each other. That's that's like a a second date.
1: Oh man, the, the weekend hadn't even got here yet. (laughs)
0: oh boy James did you feel a little left out I heard they cuddled
3: no sleep has been lost
0: and a happy veterans day we are recording on veterans day thank you for everything you've done
3: yeah Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: The last time we had y'all here, you had just started doing barrel picks and you had gone to various sources, realized that 2020 just sucked for barrel picks. And you were like, what if I could get my hands on some barrels and we could put together something for everybody where they could come? We have barrels. They can pick our barrels and everybody can have a good time and all of the whiskey groups really jumped on it i know some groups picked two three four barrels zeke i think went on about 20 different nashville barrel company picks and then it wasn't until recently that we finally had a dad's drink of bourbon pick but how have things been and how has the company been going
2: you know i'll start off and say you know it's been a whirlwind you know the community the national community has really rallied around us and supported us and heck i guess nationwide we have clubs and groups from uh, all over the united states uh, as far as seattle and is reaching out and wanting to do picks so a lot of guys really you know wanting to see us do well and it's been it's been a fun ride so far
0: i know that we are two of those guys you originally rented space at another distillery you now since have a warehouse right where you you, you are holding your your stuff or the barrel still at the no. distillery or what's going on?
2: The barrels, we still bring them down in, in small increments and they're still at the bottler at the distillery. And, uh you know, those guys are working hard for us. So hats off to them. Uh, you know, we're actually in the process of of working and getting our own facility. So hopefully 2021 twenty uh, will have some big changes for NDC.
0: I know. That was a very cool article that hit the Nashville scene. It was talking about Nashville Barrel Company and the property that you were eyeing. And it looks like a hell of a space. I'm just kind of interested as far as you guys go. I mean, James, you famously were part of a, a team that just killed it in the retail side. Mike, you are famous for just kind of killing it on the pick side and and uh doing a lot of good work for charity and just being involved in a lot of great things in in whiskey you're now looking at this with a different lens what has been the biggest change for you as you've gone from this like i mean i think it probably started as wouldn't it be cool if we had these barrels And now it's more like, wouldn't it be really cool if we had a whole brand? Tell me about that kind of transformation and the thought process and what's really surprised you.
3: You know, from the resale side, I was always trying to get barrels. And trying to build relationships and do all these certain things to have something in the store that's fun to bring to people. Well, now, you know, people are reaching out and want to do that for, for their customers, their clients, their groups, which is, is really cool. It's, uh, it's fun just to see the other side of how things are. It's a getting... To actually being able to provide for people.
0: Was your phone getting blown up more when you were at the retail side and people wanted bottles from you? Or is your phone blowing up more now that people want barrels from you?
3: The retail side, you, you drop a barrel, you you realize you have a lot of really good friends. <laughs> um, when you get to get to this side of things, you still have a lot of really good friends. And, and the phone definitely rings a lot. It's, uh, it's more consistent now all the time instead of where the retail store, it was just whatever, you know, barrels coming in or, you know, there's something that's supposed to come out in the market, you know, something fun. Yeah, there's definitely new.
2: John, I think one thing you were kind of alluding to too, and I'll just go ahead and, and transition into it is last time we were on the show, we were really doing the single barrels and whole barrel picks. You know, we had a, a $99 MSRP, you know, below hundred bucks, but still, you know, it's still a pricey bottle for a lot of whiskey drinkers. Uh, you know, we, we, come from the whiskey world, we definitely are aware of price points. You know, and after doing that for a while, we we noticed a lot of people in Nashville, our friends and family, hey, they couldn't locate and and get a bottle, you know, because they were selling out so quickly at the stores. kind of got together and said, you know, what can we do to get a a better price point, uh, to get more people turned on to the brand? That's when we came up with our small batch. And the small batch is, you know, right in the same wheelhouse as these single barrels on, on the profile and flavors. Proof it down to 100 and we charge $59. That's the MSRP. So, you know, we've got a bottle that people, you know, it's not a special, uh, you know, uh, bottle you only pick a nip of because, you know, it's it's uh, one that was hard to get. So we're trying to really kind of cater to more of just uh, the everyday drinker.
0: How's that been? Because you're making business decisions. And, you know, with this podcast, Zeke and I sit there a lot of times and say, this is really good. But if it was about 10, 15 bucks cheaper, I think I'd be all in on it. And then you're on this other side and you realize all of just for lack of a better word, the shit that all of us don't see where it's like, okay, the bottle's going to cost me this much. The label's going to cost me this much. The packaging is going to cost me this much. Then the distro is going to take this stuff. What's surprised you the most about how the game actually works?
2: James probably knew this or knew more about it than I did personally. At the end of the day, a lot of times, you know, the distributor or the retailer make more money per bottle than we do with and after you do all the work take the risk and you, you bottle it and it's like you look at what you made and you go wow i made actually the least of of the three-tier system so it's a whole lot of work uh for a smaller slice of the pie uh, that was kind of the big surprise to me uh, one other thing that i didn't notice until i got on this side was that you know, we put a lot of time and effort and quality into our labels so even if you look at a small batch label or if you look at our single barrel labels um, and you actually put it in your hand. You, you see, it's a good quality. Uh, we have two different foils. It's embossed. It's, it wasn't. It's, it's a pretty expensive label, and I didn't realize that until you start looking at just you know a regular shelf drink. If you walk in, it's a vinyl two cent label uh, with no real character or uh, you know and stuff like that adds up. You know, uh, and you know the things we've always done is made sure that you know quality. You start adding all these nickels and dimes and quarters up on, you know, better glass and heat seals, kind of shows pretty quickly.
0: I was really surprised. I was talking to a brand, we were talking about packaging, and it was actually cheaper for them to laser etch stuff into hmm. the bottle than it was to actually have stickered labels.
2: I could see that, and I, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't have known that until you realize, you know, you have a front label, you have a back label, and then you have to have either uh, if your bottle's not round, you have someone manually apply those labels. So there's a lot of things you start taking in labor and all that. I could I could see that. Uh, that doesn't surprise me now that you said it.
0: Is that why the small batch has a round bottle and the single barrels don't?
2: It is exactly the reason why the small batch is around. Well, there's there's two reasons. A The longer neck, uh, it's easier to pour, right? It's more of a well kind of look. But uh, the big part was you don't have to hand manually label these. Uh, All of our small batches, every single one, not only is all the information handwritten in, but each label is hand applied to the bottle. So there's a big cost of labor on our small batches that uh, I didn't realize. How about this? Going back, if I would have realized how much that would have cost. I'm not sure if we would have went with that square bottle <laughs> uh, for for single barrel.
0: Those single barrel bottles are getting switched here soon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we're, if we're just going to go with the you know the wine bottle or you know whatever you know clearance that uh, Glass Outlet has.
1: That oh, means there'll be collectors' items soon.
2: Uh, I like how you think.
1: <laughs> uh, but no, like seeing you guys in, in this whole transition phase. Um, thankful if nothing else it's been fun for john and i both to to see that side of things and and like to be filled in on those pieces of of information where normally you know we wouldn't think of it like oh like hold on so if it sells for this much you're still really only taking home like x and not y and these people make this much and then you have to spend this for that and this and whatnot and i mean I, i feel like it's you know, if we talk talked with you guys and other brands that we're, you know, close and consider family with, it, it's a much more in-detailed and different dialogue of conversation. Like, oh, like we get these things now. When we shoot the shit, it's not even about necessarily the juice now. It, it's, you <laughs> right. know, 10 other things that are going on that, that most people probably wouldn't think about or, or worry. And it's like, oh, I just spent 50 minutes and we didn't even talk about what was in the bottle. Like, we didn't even get that far.
2: You know, you know one thing, Zeke, that's kind of interesting is that two years ago, when Tesla started blowing up, probably more than two years ago, I think it was like Texas or California was was stopping them from doing direct-to-consumer sales. And I didn't realize what an issue that was, right? Because, you know, Ford, GM, Chevy, they sell it to a dealership. The dealership sells it to the end user, the three-tier system. And Tesla was like, you know, we're going to sell it right to the end users. And they went to court. And they got battled. And I didn't realize at the time why that was such a big deal. Until you actually get into a, a three-tier system and realize, oh, just it's another middleman that gets a cut. So Elon Musk, you know, has been fighting at least you know in the car industry side the three-tier system, and you know it, it definitely has its place. And I'm not here trying to say it doesn't, but it definitely there's definitely some you know antiquated laws that probably should be looked at.
0: You know, I'm not trying to get at any of our distributor friends, but I mean, if you think about you guys as an NDP, it's a four-tier system because not only are you paying for the juice, then you're spending your labor and your time, especially with the small batch, and and I definitely want to get to this part because I find it very interesting on blending it. And then you're giving it to the distributor who's giving it to the retailer. So there's Almost four steps in your supply chain.
2: Yeah, there is. You yeah, know, the bottler, the distributor, the retailer. Yeah, it's a. Uh- Every, everyone, you know, everyone's got their hand
0: out. For me, I find this real interesting because Zeke and I talk like we know more than we do. And then it's like, you think, you know, but until you're sitting on that side of it, everybody's like, oh yeah, it's super easy to make a whiskey brand. I could do that. Let me go be an NDP. And then you sit there <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if I should have done this. Maybe I should just go back to drinking it.
2: <laughs> I've had those thoughts many nights. <laughs>
0: One of the things that I love is like people like Carlos. Now Carlos goes to the gym with me and Carlos I think has every single bottle of the single barrels of NBC.
2: He has more than I do like as far as different ones. He has more than I do. I know James uh and him are, are good friends and uh it's it's amazing how many bottles him and Stephen Douglas have. It's uh you know it's incredible. They got more than we do. That's that's for sure. You know,
0: I thought Heinz was crazy with Willett, and then there are people that are this crazy with NBC. Look at that.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, it's definitely cool that at least that at least one person or two people liked it enough to to keep buying it. So you know that's a, that, you know it's it's a good feeling when when you think like okay, well obviously we have something here.
0: That's kinda of like how Zeke and I feel about the podcast. We're really happy that we have two <laughs> listeners.
3: Oh, I was
1: gonna, gonna say on the that's
2: to
3: right <laughs> yeah, say we're on the
1: show. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's how I feel about Geek. I mean, that was a pinnacle moment.
0: Geek I, was really catch- concerned, by the way, Zeke, about how your hip is doing. And he sent me a text and he said, if Zeke wants me to come over and rub his hip, I am more than happy to. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm quite good, don't worry.
2: No, it's not NBC related, but it's geek related. I think that you uh, know by the time this episode comes out, the famous Zeke and Geek Old Forster Barrel Proof will uh, should be out in the market.
1: Oh, it's going to be long gone by the time this thing comes out. It, that thing's going to fly <laughs> like hotcakes.
0: Yeah, but Geek wasn't there.
1: You keep telling yourself that.
0: You keep telling yourself that Kaysen is geek and Kaysen is not geek. And when you find out who geek is, I am going to laugh my ass off. You don't have one. True. No days off. That's because I've already (laughs) been laughing my ass off every day in anticipation for when this happens. But now that we have made... Heinz and James awkward enough talking about business questions I want to talk about the fun part you got to this point you realized small batch was something that you needed to do as a company having a $60 price point 100 proof easy drinker is a no-brainer the one question I have is why the hell did you call Zeke to help you blend this? And you called a lot of other people in too. So I, I want to hear the story and this is where Zeke doesn't really, he is a participant in this process, but tell me about what you did. Cause I thought it was really cool.
2: We came from the bourbon community. We, you know, we weren't a, a guy that went to Oracle or, you know, subway that just said, you know, I've got some money. I'm going to go do this. Like, you know, we, we doing this and we're friends with a lot of the local bourbon drinkers and uh one thing we've done in picks we bottle shares it kind of goes back to a bottle share right you get a bunch of buddies together sit around and you drink and you talk about you know which one you liked and we thought that you know it's again we don't think that we're better than anybody else as far as our ability so we kind of were thinking you know we should get uh feedback from from uh people that you know are our bourbon community Uh, Let's get some different inputs. You know, a lot of the guys that we brought in were people I had. Some of them I had never drank with before, so I think it was cool to actually just get you know different clubs, different groups, stores uh, involved and kind of tasting through them and and getting their input. And I I think that you know all of Nashville can really rally behind it because you know it wasn't just James and I making a decision. It was a, a collective. And knowing that, but we got a lot of good feedback and. Zeke even, uh, you know, provided some decent feedback, which was a a surprise, I think, to everybody there.
0: So before we even get back to Zeke's feedback, which I'm very surprised about, James, who was there? Tell me, like, who your starting lineup was for this Nashville Barrel Company small batch.
3: This wasn't just a a starting lineup. Uh, This was a group of, you know, people from all different aspects of the whiskey world. So, you know, we had people... That, uh, you know, go to their stores and, you know, run, run things through there. We had, uh, Mr. Zeke with us that, that does stuff with you. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it, John. We had customers, you know, that have been a part of barrel fix that we've done in the past. Stephen Douglas
0: was there. A lot went into it. Yeah, I I apologize. I was at an event in Kentucky, and I was driving back, and I I couldn't make it. But I'm glad you had Zeke there, warming the bench. Because for every starting lineup, you need a a good sixth, seventh, eighth man. Zeke's a great eighth man off the bench for you.
1: Don't worry, John. There was enough other folks here that. The, the room was full of air and lots of people were talking and, and I was able to like, you know, nerd out and just kind of go into a hole and, and, and think a lot.
2: <laughs> and we did. Yeah. We had, you know, I know, I know James kind of talked about some of it, you know, the whiskey house was there, the national bourbon social club was there. Uh, we had just a lot of different uh, uh, walks and groups, you know, small group legends. Um, we tried to bring in people that from, you know, that we typically you know, it wasn't like a, a friends thing. It wasn't, you know, all of James and my friends. Some of our friends were there, but overall, the crowd, as I said, was half the people I'd, I'd never had got to talk with or meet. So it was great to to kind of, uh, you know, do a big bottle share, if you will, or a big share to, to blend this batch.
0: Now, Zeke, I have a question for you. Sure. So as we were talking about this process, you had said something to me about the different profiles that come through. So what did you find in blending this small batch that kind of stood out to you as far as the process went?
1: I'll say without just going too, uh too much detail and whatnot. So we had six different single barrel samples of four-year juice to go through and, and work on mingling those. And, and honestly, um, with both Mike and James, previously we tasted some earlier kind of, I guess, renditions of, uh, you know, possible small batch blends. There's some readily identifiable flavors there. And that was what I really enjoyed about these six barrels was they seemed to hit both sides in between some of that were more minty, rye, those aspects of a 95.5, and then also some that were much more floral, citrus, and just some of the variants that were in there. But there was enough out of the six that really allowed us to tinker with three and four barrel blends usually in equal, equal increments to where you could really see what kind of pulled weight and what didn't. As far as, all right, one part of this is really doing more than it should. It wipes out the floral we were getting from these. And, and through tinkering it, um, I actually managed to find my notes earlier. I mean, we did seven different batches of these things. And literally everybody at the table, though, each time we blended them, it was funny because for the most part, all the notes were agreeable and we all said, all right, we love this part of this, but the previous one, we liked that. Our, what caused it and just kind of made, were able to rule out the different ones that were and, or what was causing the things we did or didn't like and really just work to find an overall synergy in between those barrels I mean, like Mike said, some of us knew each other through, you know, groups on the web. Some of us had drank together, some had never even been face to face or whatnot. But to see everyone essentially get the same notes, the same reasoning rationale behind it, and then also agree like, no, like, all right, this blend is the one that beats that one. We like this overall profile better. I mean, it was just a blast and one of the more unique experiences I think I've ever had as far as just 10 people being in a, a tight room. All tasting various whiskeys and at the end of the day, all agreeing on what we thought was the the best overall winner. I mean, I can't think of many times that's happened. Like, put us all in a barrel pick. We're not all going to (laughs) agree.
0: Folks, if you're playing at home and you are playing Zeke Bingo, he did say Synergy, (laughs) you might have a bingo. (laughs)
2: and just to clarify one part of that real quick is that there was two groups doing exactly what zeke said so it it was those 12 total barrels that we're trying to pull out the flavors of of the four-year-old then we added the seven in at the end
3: we had two different groups where we each group had different barrels that we went through
2: on that process one funny thing or not fun thing one fun thing you know the thought process which was really cool um I really with that part because as you're tasting through these, you go, you know what, this barrel is so good it shouldn't be batched. This one should be just sold as a single barrel because it's so good. And then at the end, you go back and go, well, wait a minute, we're, we're trying to make the best blend, not pull single barrels out. And then you know people would talk and go, all right, so what's the goal here? Like well, the goal is to make it the best it can. Like so, the barrels that we were gonna that were so good, we actually need to add those in to hit these different, you know, the profiles. And I think at the end, Zeke, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. We took our blend and your blend and it was good. And then we, someone made a tweak. It was It us or your group that made a tweak and we did it again.
0: Zeke, you told me it was you was personally that made the tweak. That's what you said today. <laughs>
1: You love filling these banter things up. No, I, I don't remember. It got murky by that late. The biggest takeaway I had was like, to me, you know, people always pick it small batch being such an ambiguous term in bourbon, because it could be three barrels. It could be the hundreds. I mean, nobody knows what a small batch is by definition, but I, I felt like for this you know, project, so to speak, you could really see the influence that one barrel could have, even if there was 10 other ones in there with it, as far as you look like the ratio and the parts. So it really made you think like, all right, if we're doing a, a true like small batch to where each barrel can impart certain flavors and we'll pull weight and we'll make a difference, you know, just calculating out how much of each to do and, and where to weigh those in. To me, it really just a very unique and amazing experience and, and seeing the differences that, you know, could lie amongst all the different barrels and the way you could
0: blend them together.
2: The barrels, it was a truly a small batch, so you could definitely manipulate it by, you know, moving barrels in and
0: out. Hines, going back to something that you were saying a couple minutes ago, I remember sitting with Ashley Barnes when she was first doing the Davidson Reserve over at Pennington, and her first thing, she had 11 barrels. I think it's what they gave her for the first small batch, and she said, three of them you better put as single barrels. These, these gotta go. And then, like, another three she said okay these need to go to your sipping whiskey or maybe it was two barrels that were the the single barrels and three. So she was left with six barrels. And then she's like, okay, if I blend these three together, I'm going to get this profile. If I get these three together, I'm going to get this profile. And then if I put them together, it's going to be this. But I find all that funny just the way that you're describing it, because I've heard about it so much where I think it's super cool is that you guys said one barrel matters, and We're going to go ahead and put that one that's a single barrel, it's too good. We need to put this in the blend.
2: No, you know, we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, if it's got you know our name on it, National Barrel Company, our names behind it, we wanted to make sure that we live up our reputation. Or the little one we do have, and just we want to put out the best product we possibly can. I mean, as I said, we have been on grab, uh, this has literally been just a hobbyist kind of turn entrepreneurs
0: I think we should talk about the whiskey a little bit and then we can go back into this process a little bit more because we all know that I was getting a little bit tired of the the mint and wintergreen of 95.5 and I I just personally needed a little break and that's where I am honestly and going to sincerely say with this stuff I am so pleasantly surprised at how this blend turned out don't get me wrong that mint and wintergreen and the typical rye characteristic is there it's not overpowering i would just say like it's always kind of there but it doesn't overtake anything for me the nose i'm surprised at how much fruit zeke makes fun of me and says this is not a tasting note or a nosing note but it's the nose is thick and creamy for a hundred proof i mean there's a lot there you know it's got a good mouthfeel even from just nosing it i would say a lot of that carries over to the palate in the sense that that mint and wintergreen is there but it's just it's there like it's not overpowering the the poor by any means and that thick creamy mouthfeel and the fruit just lingers and lingers and lingers This punch is above its weight glass to me, and I think it drinks like a a product that would be more expensive on the shelf from other places. So I I just have to say honestly, sincerely, everybody knows I am a tough 95.5 critic, and this has far uh, surpassed any of my expectations. And and then some, you guys really killed it, and that's how I know the Zeke had nothing to do with the blend. (laughs) (laughs)
2: well thank you john those are kind words uh you know one thing i can definitely say is that you know having james on board um you know him and i ever since we picked a couple barrels together years ago our palates kind of aligned uh for the most part and you know when we tested through some of these runs uh we were both kind of in agreement that we didn't want to go for the earthy that you know some of the 95 fives do get super earthy and uh, some of the other ones have that just straight up spearmint uh, that's just overpowering I mean you know we we searched you know for for months almost a year on on this specific run that kind of had more of a sweet profile uh, and uh, you know it's been a pl- it's been great working with James cuz you know we we kind of agree or at least I think we do he we might not he might not just say anything to me but it's uh you know we 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 work really well together
0: James is always no, no, judging I, every single one of us in his head. We know
3: there's really not a lot going on up here. It's just, uh, no, Mike, Mike and I work great together. I feel like we, uh, we can bounce stuff off each other. Um, I've seen a lot of the retail side. He, he's been more on, on that, you know, picking barrels and, you know, doing charity work, helping people out and, and that whole side of things. And, you know, both, both those things aligned. And, uh, I think we both like, like good stuff and you know hopefully what we we put out
0: to everybody is good zeke what were your notes you know yes you were there yes you were a part of it but i do consider you one of the best analysts in the game
1: Um, what i I like about the most is is literally the versatility of it mike and james and i've talked about it more than once and the best part about being you know good friends is you can speak your mind freely and you don't have to worry about like somebody like taking it to a fence or you know getting pissed off or whatever and uh anytime we've all pinged ideas off each other that that's all it is and it's, it's all right i see that perspective i see this and that and you know we're always going to see what the other one gets may not feel the same way about it but it's always constructive criticism and i, I told them both what i thought the the beauty of what they had the opportunity here with was literally changing the perspective on what people think of in a rye whiskey to a, a fair degree, I think. There's a lot of fruit and floral here, a lot of citrus, and, and by citrus, I mean like the rind, the zest, oily. It hangs with you. For a 100-proof product, the finish on this, to, to me, what I think's the great attribute is how it's got enough spice to where you know it's a rye, and it kind of builds but then it reaches this plateau and I wouldn't call it a peak because it's not so much it's offensive, but it kind of hits this spot about halfway through the back of the palate where it just hangs and in the finish. It still just lingers and hangs. And then when you think about it and realize it, it's just as strong, like to me, just lemon, slight orange zest that just hangs around in there. There's some big notes like washed red apples. You know, At some point, Mike asked me one day, You know, tasting through his things. And he's like, Hey, like, what'd you think about this? Somebody gave it to you as a Christmas present. And I said, Well, if I'm just a random person, a lot of people don't get into rye. That just is what it is. It's, you know, when you put rye on the label, you kind of shun some people off automatically. And I said, But this is one of those things where somebody's going to get it. I said, Okay, cool. Ah, they got me a rye. Damn it. And then like two or three or four months later, they pop it open because they're bored or whatever one night, or maybe they're just trying to serve something around the house. And they're like, Oh, shit. I've been sitting on this for how long? I should have drank this forever ago. Like this this is not what I would think of in a textbook rye whiskey. That's what I enjoy the most about it is the ability to to kind of, you know, bend and, and twist that, you know, typical profile you think of with 95.5 and really show what other attributes can be in there and and open the mind, so to speak, on like, all right, this, this is not textbook rye whiskey. Like give it a whirl first and then, then talk to
0: us. Is that because you can't bend and twist anything else because you hurt your hip because you're old? Mm.
1: Look here. I can still bend and snap.
2: John, you know, as Zeke was saying that there was a time uh, he was analyzing our batch that we had kind of done. We've done a couple smaller versions of barrels that we thought we were going to put in it. You know, we kind of did this in three or four increments, right? You know, you can't go through in one day and try to do this whole batch with, you know, X amount of barrels, (laughs) So we would do a group and we'd grab some, you know, and Zeke was pretty vocal uh, about one of them. And, and, you know, I guess maybe that could be a reason why him and his group did something to kind of complement or contrast it, actually. Because I know there was a a few things he wasn't a big fan of, of part of a blend of a smaller one. But uh, after some tweaks and that night, and we, we blended at the end what we came up with that final night with another one. And that's when we knew we had magic in a bottle
0: the one thing i will say about zeke and it is a good thing no one can ever say he's not opinionated (laughs) that's a solid person to have i mean you don't want a bunch of yes people on that pick with you sitting there going like oh yeah i'm gonna defer to to mike and james because their reputations are far better than mine it's like you want to know from as many people as you can do you want to drink this period
2: Well, one thing we did too is one of the guys that we brought in uh, was Seth from Bourbon Steak. So he actually showed up to the blend. You know, he's a award winning mixologist. And follow him, or you know, you'll on Instagram or locate him. Or if you're in Nashville, go to Bourbon Steak and sit at the bar. Uh, The guy truly is a master of his craft and and travels the world doing cocktails. So we brought him in as well to kind of give us the perspective of what flavors should you pull out for cocktails. Uh, so he was very kind of instrumental in some of those, you know, aspects of it. And, uh, another, you know, we had talked prior and that's a, one of the reasons why we went with the hundred proof. It's good for experienced bourbon drinkers, you know, hundred is proof is respectable. Uh, it's great for cocktails. So there was a lot of thought process and even the proof and the glass, you know, in Seth, if you guys are, if you want any of the listeners come to Nashville, uh, stop by Bourbon Steak because it's actually going to be featured in a cocktail that's on the menu. If you want to see what you can do with the rye and the uh, mixologist, uh, stop by and have a drink.
0: Heck yeah, and the view of downtown is great from Bourbon Steak. The food is very good, too.
1: I'm not picking up your tab when you eat there, though. Jesus.
2: Well, you know, I'm going to throw you a little off, John. So Zeke and I go to Bourbon Steak. Uh, it was for a birthday dinner. Zeke decided he was going to be nice and buy me a birthday dinner. Um, so we go to Bourbon Steak, and I look down at the menu, and what Zeke told me he was buying, the first thing I see on the menu is caviar. So I make the, I make the statement to him. and like, well, I guess we have to get the caviar. And Zeke's like, go ahead. I was like, no, I'm just playing with you. I really don't care for it that much. And uh, next thing you know, we've got a sample platter of caviar sitting in front of us uh, at the bar at Bourbon Steak. Uh, I think Zeke just wanted to do it. Just Had you had had caviar before, Zeke?
1: Twice, maybe. I mean, when in Rome.
0: (laughs) When in Rome, eat fish eggs?
1: (laughs) At least it wasn't a mountain
0: oysters. (laughs) There's a lot of good stuff on there, but Zeke was texting a few of us, and he's like, I'm gonna eat this one but it, he's a good friend and it's worth it that was another one of your mandates that nobody else was yeah. invited to i would have helped chip in zeke we could have you know split it two ways but i get it you want you want the man all to yourself
2: you know how about this zeke what's zeke, uh, he say? he was paying we got the caviar and the wagyu and i was definitely the girl on the date that I probably <laughs> Z, Z probably thought he was taking me home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or either that, or he was getting some purple wax out of the deal.
2: <laughs> I think that's what he keeps campaigning for. And he, uh, he actually tried earlier today with that one. Never
1: know if you don't ask, right?
0: At the end of the day, one of the things that's very important and coming from being an enthusiast to being an owner there's an excitement in that and a passion that's in that that's you're still riding that high. And I'm sure you're not jaded enough with everything that's going on that y'all are still riding that high and it's letting you guys do some awesome stuff.
2: No, I agree. And actually I will let James even talk, you know, I know James pretty excited about some, you know, a couple of things that were in the works and, you know, a few things he can talk about are just of different uh, spirits. Uh, I know, uh, James every night, uh, you know, texts me. He's like, all right, what's the plan for tomorrow? It's fun waking up in the morning and in tackling a, a new project.
0: Boss, can you give him like five days out though? Like give him a work week so he doesn't have to hit you up every night?
2: <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of the things too, is, you know, going from stepping back into this and then right now, you know, this is just James and I bootstrapping it. Right. I mean, uh, other brands will do is they'll hire a sales rep or they'll hire a brand ambassador. Uh, James and I, you know, for the last week or 10 days, you know, driving to Clarksville or driving to Smyrna uh, with a bag and a bottle and really walking into stores and just bootstrapping it. So it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely fun to be uh, you know, on a ground level.
1: Well, and that kind of stuff, the most noticeable, I mean, quite a few other brands that, you know, John and I obviously hang out with and are good friends with, you know, we respect their hustle. And when they come to town, like love hanging out with and seeing them and and seeing them, you know, enthusiastically pushing their own brand. Like, I mean, they're not drinking their own Kool-Aid. They they just truly want to embody it and and live everything about it. And like passion, that's what drives us all. So, I mean, to me, it's always important. If you're not passionate about the product you're pushing, then what's the point of it, you know?
0: We also respect their hustle to the point that sometimes they can't hang out with us because they're booked up from eight in the morning to 10 o'clock at night.
2: Well, that's what they tell you, John.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I set myself up for yeah. that. Pretty. Yeah. That's good. what
2: they tell you. They tell you that. But then when you check Instagram, you see me and Zeke hanging out with him at the bar.
3: <laughs> well,
0: when you have no days off, it's hard to hang out. So what is so- next though? You, you have single barrels, you have a small batch. <laughs> Do you think you will ever get into bourbon?
3: Yeah, that's definitely something that that we're gonna do. I mean, we have,
0: uh, you know, we have rum,
3: we have a, a bunch of different products, but we're not gonna put anything out until it's ready. Our our bourbon, yeah, we we have some good bourbon, but it, it's not to its peak, or it, it's not getting close to that, that peak point. Once um, once we get get to where it's, it's there and it's worth being put out, we're gonna put it out. Uh, this isn't in a short play. Like if you get a Nashville Bureau Co product it's going to be good so we, we want to make sure that's what
0: happens. and where can people get awesome pullovers like the one Heinz is wearing and do you make them for fat kids
2: us <laughs> <Isn't this like laughs> at yeah. Um and once again I'll try to make sure that I get some uh, 3XL sizes for you Edwards
1: I'll go to Sam's and we'll just get them big ass trash bags and we'll get like a gray <laughs> sharpie and we can just write on the bag and cut some holes in it Edwards is good <laughs>
0: put a tri-star on it and say national (laughs) barrel company
2: yeah i I think walmart was running a special on boat tarps (laughs) (laughs) so we'll have the we'll have the weatherproof version
0: well gentlemen where can people find the small batch it's it's all in middle tennessee but i know there's a few stores it's in so why don't you tell everybody where they can find the small batch and for those of you listening outside of Tennessee, where you can send your friends to then ship you a bottle?
2: Well, you know, there's a couple stores, you know, uh, Frugal's in downtown, Red Wine and Spirits, Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. they uh a great store, great staff there. Uh, they've got a, a few. Royal or Port Royal's got a, a chunk. Yeah, Old Fort. Uh, and actually, there's going to be some that's going to probably hit Knoxville area in the next week or two. So, uh, Knoxville will have some, so keep an eye out, call your store. Uh, we're hoping for uh, batch two. Uh, we're hoping we'll be in Chattanooga, Knoxville, uh, Nashville. So hopefully we're going to try to try to expand uh, a little bit here as, as we move on. Red Carpet Gallatin. If anyone's north of us, that's a beautiful store. Uh, we walked into it the first time and it's, it's gorgeous. The it's, it's, it's newer, uh, but the guys are doing it right there. I mean, it is it is absolutely just a great store.
1: I was just stick my head in the door. I work up there.
2: Have you, never, have you not walked in?
1: Dude, I, I drive up there, and I, I just pray I get back home after a shift.
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, we walked in. They've got a growler station. They've got a VIP tasting room where they do barrel picks out of. The store is humongous. I mean, it's probably yeah. it's, a, it's one of the larger stores.
3: They put time, everything into it. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, definitely check it out.
1: Gotcha. And uh anyone that uh you know has a, a a group that's uh wanting to to try and get on the list for single barrels, is that still an option?
2: It is. Uh, you know, I know that um uh Prov uh, out of uh, DC and Silbox uh we you know you can reach out to them and they'll get you in touch and you know, they're kind of the DC fulfillment side of things. But yeah, there is there's definitely the there is a waiting list, but it's probably moving faster than like a Willet waiting list. <laughs>
0: That's good that it's not as long as Willet, but if you have the restaurant, so as you're thinking about your new space and and what you're gonna do there, until you get me a place that's as good as the bar at Willet, where I can sit and eat while I'm waiting at Nashville Barrel Company, that's what I need.
2: Well, I can tell you that that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, the, the The food up there is, is is some of the best, but one thing we can offer. Is your DoorDash or Uber Eats can drop off whatever feed you've ordered to our building and you can consume it uh, you know, in the parking lot?
0: How about caviar from Bourbon Steak? Do you think we can make that happen?
2: No, nothing says fresh like warm caviar in a Uber Eats bag <laughs> dropped <laughs> off at a distillery. Or
0: <laughs> Let's go look for Nashville Barrel Company at a whole bunch of places. We We love everything you guys have been doing we love seeing some local friends do awesome things and, and we are definitely here to give you support and love seeing everything you're doing, but we are opinionated. We'll tell you when we don't like a batch and when we do, and that's a good thing too.
2: We appreciate you having us on guys. I know that, uh, you know, the COVID and things are weird, but we definitely appreciate the platform and we appreciate the love and support. And I think that even, even more so is we know that, if you don't like something, uh, you would tell us and hopefully before you released it and we, we, you guys will be part of the team of helping us fix it.
0: Heck yeah. So Nashville barrel company on Instagram, I think it's just Nashville barrel co though, right? Yeah. There is a fan page on Facebook. What's that one called? What did they decide on the name for that?
2: I think it's called Nashville barrel heads.
0: Thank you, James, Mike. It's always a pleasure. And I hope everybody goes and gets some Nashville Barrel Company. I also hope people go to Facebook and find us at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Leave us an open and honest review like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. James, anything you want to say before we go out? Uh,
3: uh, Yeah, thanks again for all the support, guys.
0: Are you winning your football no, bet?
3: Maybe. No. Uh, well, yeah, kind of, maybe. But no. <laughs> no, you know, thanks for all the support, guys. We, uh, we appreciate everything. Look for the small batch whenever you can see it out there. It, it should still be available in the most retail locations.
2: And one last thing, John, I'll say is that if, you know, your listeners want small batch and they're in a state uh, and they've got connections or they're close to the store, have the stores reach out. I mean, cause once again, the, the best way for us to expand is if there's already a market and people are wanting it, it makes it a lot easier for the distributor to bring it in. If you're in Texas or if you're in, you know, Florida or wherever you are, you know, just have them, you know, reach out and ask the stores. And, and then distributors will reach out. It's, it's actually, everything we've done has been grassroots. We haven't ran any ads. And, you know, we're on double words. It's always been word of mouth. So uh, feel free to, to have you know just try to get noise
0: in the channel zeke where else can the folks find us
1: good old nashville tennessee and uh just happy to uh have been a part of this process so far and literally don't anyone take this as a uh you know friends doing friends a favor psa kind of thing we've we've been very constructive the whole way and very proud of everything that's come out so far cheers Ciao.
2: cheers guys thank you so much for having us on